Welcome back to another saucy episode of Legally Judgy. I'm Alexa. And I'm Nicole. Do we even need to see our names? I think they know who's who by this point. I think we should keep doing it. I'm Nicole. Every time. I feel like the saucy really threw me off. So yeah, I was not as peppy as I would have intended to be. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to throw you off. Okay. Um, How are you? Fine. What's going on? Anything new? Um, No. I've really been getting into like the interwebs and trolls and so it's just fascinating to me like sometimes I go through these posts right because I'm trying to get ideas like what we can talk about and you know figure out what the hot goss is and the tea is always and then the comments there's just so many trolls who like Mm -hmm. comment on things unnecessarily Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I just always have so many questions like so you don't have a job (laughs) or like you don't have anything else to do today and it's just baffling to me Right. Especially like so I've noticed that sometimes people will be like, hey, check out my new EP. And then people are like, we don't fucking care. And yeah. I'm like, geez, why did you why do you care so much? Why do you have to be mean to that person? They're just trying to get their music out there. Like, why are you taking the time out of your day to comment on somebody who's just promoting their stuff or yeah. somebody who's just like sharing an opinion? Like, that's the whole point of the comment section. Yeah. On why these does posts. it bother you so much? Do you want to put out an EP? Do They're we think it's bitter. that? They're clearly bitter. I just think of like bitter. Mm. Has-beens has-beens maybe you're looking for love in, in the wrong places like yeah. you're, you're, you're clearly not happy if you're taking the time out of your day to respond to people in a hateful way right so this is where i'm at in life right now that's how we're feeling i've just been like perusing these things I'm sometimes sure i just want to be like it's okay somebody loves you Would, somebody please, in the world loves you can you say that to one of them and see what, how they react they'll be like f you i'm not woke enough yet right now i still really want to respond in a hostile way but i no. choose not to <laughs> i feel like yeah your your first gut reaction is to what did you say to me the other day you said i i'm only gonna bring guns to a knife fight i bring guns to a knife fight every single time is what you told me um which is so you right i mean my husband told me that about myself first and now i was like yeah that's right (laughs) did you really have to think about it (laughs) you're like wait (laughs) i mean i like to think that i'm like even-handed but no you can I will be, like look at a troll's instagram like description and i'm like i've got three disses for you already yeah yeah but do you wait so do you do you counter troll? Do you troll back in no, turn? No, I've been no, no. I'm trying to be better than that. Okay, so you've never trolled a troll. No, because okay. then, because then, like, what's the point? Then, then I'm also bitter and single and have no job. Like, I just feel like your husband disappears, <laughs> your job disappears in that instant. I don't feel like it's necessary. But like in your head, you're trolling them. In my head, I'm definitely trolling them. I'm definitely saying some really like below the belt shit. But mm-hmm, then, like in mm-hmm. reality, I just think like, okay, they're definitely going to bed unhappy. So that's just enough for me. It makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. That How the are trolls you? are unhappy. Yeah. How are you? Hope, I'm glad this gives hopefully you, happier than the trolls. I, I'm glad that it gives you joy. Actually, I was going to say that I watched The Housewife and The Hustler. Ooh, the doc, yeah. Last night. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, we did an episode, Girardi Family Values. If you have not watched or go if you have not listened out. to it, go go check it out. But it was pretty good. It was good. And I got to say that I'm like so, what's the word? proud of us because mm, i mm-hmm, i was like mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. through the checklist of like did we cover that did yep. we cover that yep obviously we did yep. except for some things that were no, not out it. when we when we recorded right which we recorded back in january yep. and really released yeah, in february yeah, right yeah january so we were really on it i have to say the, the only thing we missed was having those voicemails <laughs> that and having like actual victims in our episode i yeah. think that's what really they got us boosted. and danielle stop <laughs> that she didn't add anything but why yeah. was she with the entire time my wife and i are like why are you here i mean she will do anything for a coin which she will obviously seen via real housewives in new jersey many seasons in a row it's true but i was truly like okay what's the connection and finally she was like we're with strippers at the same strip club so and no, i was like so she's oh. no longer a prostitution whore <laughs> remember when Teresa called her that and slammed the table yeah you prostitution whore I was like what is that (laughs) speaking of real life trolls Teresa that's the great thing about Teresa is like she's a troll in real life as well but she doesn't know that she is because I think that she thinks she's saying real shit and you're like girl none of that made sense though no it doesn't but it's you know I always wondered back to your point about the online trolls like how many of you would have the guts to do this in real life nobody nobody like 99% of them would not ever 
be no. so bold because they can't fight so but they would teresa teresa judice is definitely one of she'll, those she'll throw would, down yeah yeah I, she would fight i love how illogical she is but anyway that so i i really liked the documentary i thought it was pretty good it was sad it, it was frustrating i have to say to watch and re- kind of like really hear the victim's stories and it just is so gross to me and we've talked about this like one of the things that i appreciated the most is that tom was trying to blame people not getting paid on the judge oh my god yeah justice how does um, that work i'm sorry judge whoever you are but your boy tom tried to throw you all in under the bus right my 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 wife was getting so mad she i love her right but she's very animated when we watch something and she's like how could but so you guys are in control of the trust account so you guys could just take the money and i'm like i don't know i'm not a litigator i don't i think like i've never had I was a like, trust according account? to my ethics book i uh, you're not supposed to but she was like but then how did the people well then there should be an independent bureaucratic like an auditor group <laughs> yeah. that is in control and she's like yelling at me i was like hey honey uh it wasn't me first no, of all it was the judge's fault we just yeah. went over this and she's like how did they get away with it i'm like i don't know maybe if we keep listening we'll figure it out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i gotta love it she was there's a lot of passion there so it made it more entertaining to watch um yeah, yeah. more entertaining than judge judy though uh no not more who's more entertaining than judge judy i don't know i've never watched an episode we'll get back to that that's disgraceful is it I feel okay That's with That's disgraceful. It. What, what, you were doing your work, your work doing books. workbooks, yeah. You oh can't even God. say workbooks, so. <laughs> I'm <laughs> allergic to it. You can't say I'm it. allergic to it. Workbooks. Sorry. You, but, but, so have you seen snippets of her? You've not. Yeah, I've seen commercials. Commercials. You know, they, they promote enough of it that you at least know what's going to happen. Okay. I thought they were just so rich that you somehow were able to fast forward through commercials. I didn't even know that you had to have. Okay. Always dragging it. Lived, Let's just move on. Lived through a commercial. Let's move on. Is all I'm saying. Okay. We're going to move on from that. So you want to tell us about Judge Judy? Judge Judy. No, you go first. You want me to Just because I already forgot how to say her last name. <laughs> <laughs> Judy's full name is Judith Susan Scheinlin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's her married name anyway. And she was born in Brooklyn, which is in New York. BK, NYC. I learned. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has a pretty cookie cutter life. She goes to American University in DC, then goes to law school at New York Law School. She graduates and passes the New York bar in 1965, which is... There are some pivotal things that happened in 1965 that's in history. A while. We'll come back to that another we'll come, time. Okay. All right. That's the next episode then. Yeah. Uh, 1965. <laughs> what happened then? Uh, she worked as a corporate lawyer for a cosmetics firm, actually, but she did not like it, and she quit after two years to raise her kids instead, mm-hmm. which I was surprised to learn. She returns to the workforce in 1972 as a prosecutor, which seems fitting for her, in the New York family courts, where she prosecuted child abuse, domestic violence, and juvenile crimes. Which gives me, like, super SVU vibes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like she probably worked with Olivia and Stabler. I would love to see a crossover of, like, Judge Judy on SVU Ugh. and, like, her being How one has of the she judges. never been on one of the episodes? Has she not been? Not? I mean, I've seen, like, every episode. That's true. You would know. You would know. <laughs> well, I know that she, she... Well, we'll get into it, but she's such a pop icon. I feel like she's made quite a few cameos and They probably weren't really a lot of TV shows. Enough. Yeah, that's also true. the issue could be that they're competing networks, but we can we can circle back on that point. Good point. Good point. So she built a reputation. I think most of us know, even you, hopefully, who have seen the commercials, for being pretty no nonsense. And she was appointed as a criminal court judge in 1982, where she continued to be known as a tough judge who made decisions pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Though I saw that she denied a lot of times being tough and harsh. I don't know. Those are not necessarily bad things to me. If you're, you know. I mean, I thought they're negative for women, court. but they're good for, like, guys. Yeah. What guy would be like, no, I'm soft and yeah. squishy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm proud. Exactly. So in 1993, as a result of her growing reputation, she gets profiled in an article in the LA Times, and it describes her as a woman determined to make the court system work for the common good. And so this leads to her being featured on, a se- like, a segment of CBS's 60 Minutes, which mm-hmm. I love, by the way. It's, like, one of my favorite nighttime Wait, shows. Wait, you watch 60 Minutes, 60 Minutes, but you won't watch Judge Judy. I like certain episodes of 60 Minutes where, and I'm going to say something that's not surprising, it's about, like, murder. And so it's, like, a very monotone voice, puts me right to sleep. Anywho, so she was on a 60 Psycho. Minutes episode, which brings her to national recognition and allows her to write a book titled, Don't Pee on My Leg and Tell Me It's Raining. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that I added that? I just, 
I thought it was really important that we put the title in this I one. didn't think that we needed the title, but... We definitely needed the title. That is a great title. Don't pee on my leg and tell me Do it's you know, raining. Apparently, she said this in family court as a judge. That's where this... She didn't know how to come oh, up with the wow. title of the I name. I did not know that. Okay. So the, the writers were like, okay, the publisher was like, okay, well, like, maybe we use one of the your taglines from court. And this was the one that... This is a good one. They resisted it because they thought it was too vulgar. A little crass, yep. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she was like, well, this is me. And so... Well, she nailed it. So she publishes that in 1996. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the break that we need. So like, hey, LA Times, CBS, book publishers, we're here. Yeah, we're That's all here. I want to say. Legally judgy. Like, what ugh. up, what up? This is literally our dream, right? Mm-hmm. People just, they see us and they know how great we are and ask us to write a book. Well, she continues on that train. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about it. Yeah, so in me. early 1995, Judge Judy was discovered by Kay Switzer and Sandy Speckman. Okay. And so they were two former producers on People's Court. Um, side note, they were out of work at the time because People's Court was temporarily canceled. So they were basically looking for a new show to work on. So mm. this is a little, you know, self, little self-interested. self-interested. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By people in the entertainment industry? No, no. way. Yeah. <laughs> so they introduced Judy to Larry Little, the producer who ends up creating the Judge Judy show. Okay. And so he asked if she'd like to star in a courtroom series on CBS, which she obviously accepts because what the fuck duh yeah like i would your totally, own show on cbs we're not litigators no and we would definitely accept that yeah yeah well so what i enjoyed about this is that there's a little backstory here let's call it a fun fact fine thank you there's a little backstory here so basically there's some old white guy who was on people's <laughs> court i don't know what his name i don't care to we're gonna talk about him later okay fine okay so there's some old white guy on the people's court in 1993 who gets released Mm-hmm. And so Judy calls up the producers of that show, okay. and she calls up Warner Brothers and basically offers to do the show in his place. Okay. And so the receptionist answers the phone and is like, are, are you fucking crazy, for yeah. lack of better terms, yeah. and literally just hangs up the phone, and that was really that. I love her for trying. The charisma to be like, I'm just going to call the producers in Warner Brothers and say like, hey, I'm free. And you know what I love? Like, she's this hard-ass judge in family courts, but even she had dreams of clearly being in Hollywood. Girl, samesies. Right? Mm-hmm. We're not that tough. We don't do family court by any means, but I love that she loves that. It makes me feel better about myself. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one. I'm going to figure out who we can call up. Um, great. We'll, we'll just call all of yep. them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another fun fact, actually, and that I learned that her now husband was actually a judge on People's Court from 99 to 2001 and was essentially her competitor. I think that's why he quit after two seasons. He's like, I can't do this. I like that, though. You're both earning millions. Let's get it. I Power mean, couple status. Brock and Michelle, what up? Okay. I'm glad <laughs> you're so supportive of this marriage, this union. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> So she wanted the show to actually be called Hot Bench. I don't like that name. I don't either. But, uh, you know, and she tried it. They actually promoted it as that for some time. But then Big Ticket Television, which is a production company and essentially a unit of CBS, Mm -hmm. decides on Judge Judy, Mm -hmm. which I guess she was really resistant to using her name. But I feel like Judge Judy works so well. So Yeah, it's brilliant to me. Um, And she also brought over her real-life bailiff, Petrie Hawkins Bird that she worked with in the Manhattan Family Court. I mean, God bless him. I saw that his net worth is about four million now. Um, (laughs) And and I guess what feels special to me about this is I guess like if you are a good employee, good things can happen to you. We'll keep telling ourselves that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Fun fact number three, when he found out about her show, he actually sent her a congratulatory letter stating, if you ever need a bailiff, I still look good in a uniform, which I think is really cute. Humble. She called him and accepted his offer and was like, yep, come on over. Come now, to California. Now he's got millions. Rest is history. Yeah. Literally. Good what? That's him. loyalty. Yeah. I love that. Loyal to the soil. Yep. So Judge Judy, the show as we know it, debuts in 1996. And the show basically just focuses on small claims disputes and simulates a courtroom setting, mm-hmm. right? So they always start the show with a preview, acting out parts of the case with super dramatic music, voiceovers, graphics. I mean, you're really missing out here, Nicole. You go, you got to give this a watch. I just think it's funny that they would even like re reinvent or like react out these scenes you gotta dramatize i'm gonna watch it it's television just to see like the reenactments i actually think you would really genuinely enjoy that i'm not just saying for the podcast i I think you would that's right so some examples of cases broken engagements unpaid personal loans contract issues personal injuries property damages right small claims um and to be on the show uh, (laughs) show 
To be on the show, <laughs> I was close, all parties have to sign an arbitration agreement agreeing to Judge Judy's ruling. Mm-hmm. So arbitration, we've, we've talked about this before, I think, but it's basically a private process to resolve disputes outside of the courts. And it's often legally binding, but it doesn't have to be. And many arbitrators are retired or former judges. Which makes sense. Like, they've got the experience. They know how to handle a dispute. Right. Very fitting for Judge Judy, too, because mm-hmm. she was a judge. Yep. And in her case, her rulings were binding unless she dis- dismissed them without prejudice. So watch out for that if you're watching her show. Um, and that means basically they can go back and file their case in court. And she'd only really do this when she found the defendants particularly despicable and wanted them to pay themselves. And as we'll talk about, the show actually paid out the rulings that she set or when she thought the plaintiff and defendant were basically conspiring to get money from the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she was like really on it. Yeah. And then the parties would also get appearance fees, by the way. So apparently this varied from like more times than not. Sounds like 100 to 250 Some reports say they even got $500 for this. It's like a paid vacation. Yeah. travel. They got travel expenses, hotel. What disputes do we have? Air. Yeah. Let's write it. I mean, well, it's we kind can of get in a fight. Now. It's over now. We can. <laughs> so we're going to conspire. Is it over? She just better not listen to this episode and know that's contrived. It might not be over. Um, we'll come back to that, though. Ready for another? We have a lot of fun facts this one. I'm so excited. Okay, go. You want your fun facts? Okay, then you can talk. So the fourth fun fact (laughs) of the episode. (laughs) The show actually had about 60 to 65 researchers who literally walked into small like small claims courts Mm -hmm. throughout the country finding good cases they would photocopy because you know we're back in the 90s they'd photocopy the cases and send them into the show and the producers would like choose which ones were tv worthy right apparently like only three percent survived um and then the rest of them came from like call-ins and write-ins that makes sense i mean i feel like so many small claims are like rent and things that are just not super exciting for like a courtroom show we need you to have passion about this case definitely need like some like scorned lovers and upset mother-in-law this is exactly why I think you'll love the show. Need all the drama. Anyway. Well, so on the show, it's interesting to me that people actually aren't represented by lawyers and they have to represent themselves, which mm-hmm. makes sense, I guess, because you're trying to keep it like fun and light, whatever. You don't need lawyers there. Yeah. <laughs> Kill that fun. And so the courtroom audience has also mostly paid extras aspiring to be actors, okay. which, you know, because it's easier for producers to control them and you can basically tell them like what to wear and when to talk and when to stop talking. But sometimes they would let like a, a couple of plebs or the fans sit in. Plebs the plebs okay um unsurprisingly i guess i have yet to learn and i'm going to learn though Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna watch the show you will judy is just as judgy as we are Mm -hmm. um so she inserts her commentary through the entire show um she's known to scold people i did watch some youtube clips where she's got some like standout lines okay so she says i'm the boss applesauce she says (laughs) banger do i have stupid written over my forehead my favorite is I'm here because I'm smart, not because I'm young and gorgeous, although I am. Yeah. And I was like, got him. I, I'm telling you, actually, the more I'm like, I'm seeing some similarities between you two. I could see you as a Judge Judy. I really could. Yeah. I think I'm a little too nice to be a Judge Judy. No, I could do it. You can do it. You're you're not as nice as me. <laughs> me and the trolls <laughs> in the courtroom. You would love to, to troll the trolls in the courtroom. For, yeah, a Having large that power, salary. You'd be so done. happy. Fantastic. So after she gives her ruling, people share their feelings on the case which I feel like you would really enjoy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fun fact, some people were too upset over the judgment <laughs> that they stormed out of the studio. So like watch out for episodes where there is no after party essentially. And I remember this as a kid because my dad <laughs> loved Judge Judy. So sometimes I'd be like, wait, I want to hear what that guy felt, you know? But they would literally storm off. They'd be so mad. Wow. They'd leave. Wow. So a little fun fact. I get it. Well, so the awards were mostly limited to 5K or under. Um, and as we mentioned, they were paid out by the show. So that obviously, you know, changes the dynamics of things since you're not responsible for it yourself. Yeah, if I was a defendant, I'd definitely want to sign up. Right. Let Judge Judy pay for it, not me. Truly. And you want to pay my bills? Yeah. Fantastic. Let's do it. So, I mean, all of these things being said, of course, there's a lot of criticism. And so people are saying that she's not acting as a judge should and that she's abrasive, etc. A lot of this happens to be by the ex-people's court judge that we the old white guy I that I talked you. about before, Judge Joseph Wapner, okay. who said she was a disgrace to the profession. She does things I don't think a judge should do. She tells people to shut up. She's rude. She's arrogant. She demeans people. And then Judge Judy responded by calling his show oatmeal. So <laughs> super. I love that when they said. go low, we also go low. <laughs> I love that. I think that was in response to someone being like, have you ever watched a show and what do you think of it? And she goes, meh, oatmeal. Listen, 
She's keeping it real. I love it. That's why I'm saying I think you would really respect her. I'm going to watch. Despite the criticism, she and her show are pretty damn successful, I have to say. Mm -hmm. So since airing, Judge Judy's been the number one court show on TV, getting approximately 9 to 10 million daily viewers and leading to and basically leading syndication ratings for the past 11 years, so which long. is crazy. Yeah. I will gladly take a fraction of that for this podcast. Yep. In 2009, 2010, it was actually watched more than Oprah. Not Your girl, Oprah, no. beat it. And oddly enough, she's had actually a hard time winning a daytime Emmy award, at least initially. By 2011, the show had been nominated 14 consecutive years, but never won. That's so annoying. Finally won in 2013 for Outstanding Legal Courtroom Program, which I gotta be honest, I didn't even know it was a category, but Me good either. for them. Yep. I'm glad you won. Fantastic. She also wins again in 2016 and 2017. Well, so she's also won multiple awards, including a Guinness World Record for a longest serving judge show and a court theme show. I love how specific that is, I must say. It gives uh, me such hope a that long title. You and I are capable of winning some Guinness <laughs> World Record. It's of just some so sort. niche. Like, it's so specific. Who else is competing? Our award. The most episodes by two women of color, one who is black, one who is Mexican, who, who are lawyers, are legally judgy. Yeah. We can win that one. Um, she also has a Hollywood Walk of Fame star, and she's quite the pop icon. She's appeared on, you know, several other shows, including Saturday Night Live, Jimmy Kimmel, Will and Grace, The Practice, etc. Um, and she's been consistently ranked on Forbes' list of richest women in entertainment, since 2013, she's been making reportedly a salary of 47 million a year. Crazy, 47 million. I had to read that like a couple of times, but a year. Like I was like blinking my eyes, like are my eyes dry? I saw that. 47. And they were like, she got this raise, and I was like, okay, what was it before? And it was like 45 million in the year before, and I was like, oh well, good for her, I guess. <laughs> Insane. And so in 2017, Forbes estimates that she earned $147 million that year. Insane. In large part, it was due, and frankly, to selling her um, her library of shows to CBS, which we'll get back to, but mm -hmm. still, to make $147 million in a yeah. year. Yeah, we'll really get back to that, because it's a, the greatest and scam I should note that time. she only works two days a week. I know. Have we... I don't know. It was even, like 50, 50, 52 days a year, yes. right? That she they does like two days a week, and she has like 10 or 12 episodes at a time. Yeah, no, it's crazy because it, it's such a short, you'll see when you watch it, but it's, a, I could see that they could film, I think they could film like eight hearings in a, a recording day. Yeah. So then they just make them stretch because it, it premieres, I think daily, Monday yeah. through Friday, yep. right? But they can just get so much more oh, out of it. Insane. So that's why this courtroom, actually, that's why CBS likes to produce it. I'm getting all nerdy, but it's not, it's very cost efficient show, which is why oh, they sure. have so many profits, I feel like. There's like right? one set that they just keep reusing and they shoot two times a do you know two times a week the Fine, expenses boom, are so go. low it's a brilliant idea yeah you're a dork okay so anyways okay. so if that wasn't enough basically her earning all this money um a reader's digest poll in 2013 revealed that most americans trust judge judy more than all of the supreme court of the united states justices yep yep that makes sense literally to me. the nine people who govern the law of this land which is why we don't trust they them. trust judge judy more than them because the law is mm -hmm. not looking good nope um, my one of my favorite quotes by a journalist said that they love her show because she offers viewers a fantasy of how they'd like the justice system to operate swiftly and without procedural mishaps or uppity lawyers. They get to see wrongdoers uppity. publicly humiliated by a strong authority figure. But I think that's what it is, right? Because I think lawyers and judges, we all have a reputation for just being liars and bullshitters. And boring. And boring, which is the worst thing that America, <laughs> we all know attention spans are low. Yep. So who cares how smart you are? As long as you're entertaining us. Keep it spicy. Keep it sassy. Look at the American political system. That is an example. Well, good for you, Judge Judy. So let's yes. get into the In inception yeah. of this historical Back show. Back when it started. Now we're getting into the legal part of this episode. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't like legal, well, you shouldn't even be here, first of all. Um, but get ready for some fun. <laughs> so Abrams, Rubeloff, and Lawrence quite the name, was an entertainment agency, later became Rebel Entertainment. Yep. So remember that. We're just going to refer to them as Rebel Entertainment. Mm -hmm. So they repped talent, but also packaged shows, meaning that they'd connect writers, producers, directors, and then they'd pitch them and their idea for a show to different studios to produce. And in turn, you know, this agency and agencies like them would usually get a fee or like a cut of the profits. Which makes sense. I mean, I think if you put in all of the legwork at the beginning and you sell an idea that's fully put together to a studio, there's a decent expectation that you would get some kind of what we call back end compensation, at least in the entertainment industry, where like mm -hmm. 
you're getting like a small piece of the profits basically that that whatever comes forward in the future right so this is you know like you said it's pretty common in the entertainment industry agencies not only represent talent but like we just said they'll put together they'll package Mm -hmm. a show present it to a studio and then they get even more of a cut right because they get a cut of each talent person like whether it's a writer director producer actor get a cut of their individual um deals with the studio but then also if they package they put it all together they make it put a bow on it they get another fee yep so that's what's important to keep in mind here so Kay and Sandy, the two women who discovered Ju- Judge Judy, who you mentioned before, mm-hmm. were repped by this agency at the time and were supposed to be attached to the Judge Judy show. But some reports say that they were, it, it seems like there's some back and forth. I've seen that they were fired from the first season of the show, while other reports say that they actually never finalized a deal. So they were not even attached to, ju- to Judge Judy. It's a little bit unclear. I think everybody says that they at least brought her to the table and like found her and like were a part of some inception, but it's unclear about how far they actually made it past Judge Judy entering the conversations. And I think that happens a lot in the industry, right? Yeah. You're, you're introducing people. It happened. You're, it's just a schmoozing it's so industry. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, just because you introduce me, does that mean then you get a cut of the show's profits Mm -hmm. because that's what you're talking about when you're talking about back back end and so this is where things get murky we're going to get into it Mm -hmm. but meanwhile rebel agency the talent agency we just talked about they purportedly have gotten millions from packaging in quotes because there's some dispute about if they even package the show judge judy and especially judy we're going to talk about it thinks that they should have never received any of these monies but we'll save that for a little bit later yeah, so the show is kind of off on its way, and it's doing amazingly well. Um, CBS, for most of Judy's tenure, was under Les Moonves's reign. Um, if you don't know who Les Moonves is, Google him. He was the former CEO of CBS. Um, he had quite the disgraceful fall from fame, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. query where he is these days. Part of the Me Too movement, right? He got accused yeah. by several, quite a few women, actually, yeah. in, like, I think, 2017, for multiple sexual harassment allegations yeah, so yeah, he's like been i don't know what he's been doing since he's gone hopefully in a hole that one rotting. was so bad yeah he's he's out i think he's out for life it was not good but mm-hmm. so basically while he's you know the ceo of cbs in 2015 cbs and then their production company that alexa mentioned big ticket basically transfer the entire uh, library of judge judy episodes over to judge judy herself and we want to note this now because like this whole odd structure kind of comes up a couple times But so they transfer all of her episodes over to Judy. Um, Some claims kind of say that CBS didn't think that there was a lot of value in the library. So they sold the rights to Judy for some undisclosed amount, which doesn't really make sense to me, given how much she was making per year. Oh, yeah. How successful that was. On the other hand, there are sources that think CBS did this just to get her to agree to make more episodes of the show and extend her contract, which seems more likely to me because I think it was like a bargaining trip. Right trip bargaining chip this is where i'm at right that now too it's okay yep. me too mm-hmm. my friend it's mm-hmm. been a long week we're tired yeah <laughs> we're allowed to be tired <laughs> sadly so judy ends up selling this library of episodes back to cbs for 95 million dollars which occurred around the time of the forbes Two article years later, saying that she was worth got 147 in one year talk about a return on investment my friend listen so she sells this whole library back for 95 million and some people think that Les Moonves realized that he made a mistake by undervaluing the library and scrambled to buy it back. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, they bought it back for this amount because it didn't require any board approval since under because it was under $100 million, basically. So Les was being like a little trickster here. Yeah, there's something weird. And then I also read that at one point, CBS was denying ever having sold the library to her mm-hmm. and having her sell it back when we're like it did happen yeah. they made a press release about it right. and then they tried to deny it it was some tricky legal argument of course we don't need to get into but it was basically like because we sold and bought it back so quickly was it ever it a count. sale yeah and i'm like yeah it's a sale and then a buy but yeah. okay anyway well so i think what's important for our listeners to remember going forward is that they transfer the library to judge judy initially and then mm-hmm. shortly thereafter she sells it to them for almost 100 million dollars i would oh, just want to just want to like lay the groundwork no that's good we're going to come back to that because we have several lawsuits that happen from all this yep. whenever you have this much money you're going to have somebody a suing. lot of lawsuits people somebody suing. people want their cut so 2016 
Rebel Entertainment, the talent agency that we talked about, they sue CBS and Big Ticket. Again, Big Ticket, think of them as pretty synonymous with CBS. They're Mm -hmm. the production company for millions. They have a bunch of claims, but the ones we're going to focus on, breach of contract and unjust enrichment. So they claim that they were entitled to 5% of the show's net profits in perpetuity, Forever, ever. Thank you. Sorry, I but, forgot that I was supposed to always say that. <laughs> well, it's blank. not a rule. It's not a rule, but... When you looked at me and you were just... That was death stare I just want to... I'm just going to merch that one day, so I just need to really <laughs> emphasize that. Okay. So if y'all want some merch, let us know. <laughs> Anyways, but... So then after Judy's salary boost, they're saying that... Okay, let me back up. Sorry, I got confused with... The, I got all caught up in the merch. But basically, they claim that they were entitled to 5% of the show's net profits in perpetuity, so forever... But that after Judy's salary boost, the one we were talking about where she started making $45 million and then $47 million, they started to receive no payments because the show was actually operating at a loss just to cover her big salary. Right. So they claimed that she was actually grossly overpaid and her salary was inconsistent with the U.S. TV industry. And they started to compare her to like all the bros of TV, right? The late night hosts, yep. all those guys, because she was making more than them. Yep. Which, okay, I'm sorry that a woman is making more than all... She was also getting way more viewers. ...of the men on TV. And nominated 14 years in a row for a daytime Emmy. But sure, fine. Let's compare her to people who are below her. Right. And I mean, we're not going to bore our audience too much with back end and what it means. But like, these are arguments that you have as a studio against different people about what profits look like because you start to talk about okay well what expenses can we deduct as a studio when we make our show Mm -hmm. because you want to say like okay well the studio we're we're gonna be paying for the production yeah so before we pay out any profits we got to deduct our expenses and part of these expenses salary right Mm -hmm. your talent that is an expense yeah without judge judy could you have Judge Judy? I mean, this is where her, the name is brilliant, right? right? I'm like, actually, Judge Judy, it's great that it's your name. It's all her. Because I did see, I did read, like, a little tangent, that they did try to replace her. But nobody, like, they wanted to, allegedly, right? Because she was so expensive. So ideally, they find somebody with such charisma, replace her, and they don't have to pay her as much. But nobody is Judge Judy. Right. She made herself she indispensable. So they also said they were supposed to be consulted before any spinoffs were made but that they weren't with Hot Bench, which was launched by Judy and her team in 2014. So this is the name that she originally wanted for her show. She actually made this a show in 2014. And just quickly, she did create and produce the show. It's another courtroom show, but with three judges who decide a case. I actually didn't even know this existed. Never heard of it. I'd never heard of this before then, but I guess... Well, there's a reason. We'll actually get to that a little bit later. I've right. got the hot goss on that. You got the hot goss? Got the hot goss on Hot Bench. All right. So they're basically saying any spinoffs from Judge Judy, we should have got a cut in. Mm-hmm. And that is also pretty common. Not even just a cut. They were saying they should have been consulted so that they could That's be true. like some former producer that's true that's then that's a lot of power but there's times where we give you know writers producers directors a first opportunity to render those services on whatever kind of spin-off show there is so it really depends on whatever they negotiated and what their contract says yeah and i mean unclear whether this is even a spin-off i think because judge judy's not on it so right. I think usually when we think of spinoffs in the entertainment industry, we think of there being like a similar element that kind of tracks from the original thing to the next thing. The biggest and my example. understanding is that Hot Bench is like two completely new judges, I think, two three. or three. Yep. Yeah, who are like completely new and have never been shown in the Judge Judy show. I agree with so you. So like unclear if we want to call this a spinoff. I was going to say the best example I have is like the Avengers movie where you have all these different superheroes in one. Dork. Okay. Bear with me because mm-hmm. it makes sense actually. You come up with an example for our listeners. But then you have a spinoff about Thor or you have a spinoff about Iron Man. So that would be or a spinoff. there's Grey's Anatomy and the one that has the lady that nobody cared about Exactly my point. You don't even know the name. <laughs> but it was still a spinoff. My example's better. <laughs> but everybody knew Addison. Ooh. Addison had the show. Private practice. Our producer Marge is mouthing it, it to it you. Matter. You're going to hate I on said, me for being a girl. You can't even give was, a good enough okay, example. Fine. So we're going to move on from that. Right. So we're not clear if it's a spinoff. So back to this case. Mm-hmm. So basically in April 2018, a judge in LA rules that Judy was not grossly overpaid and that her salary was not unjust enrichment. So that claim basically from Rebel Entertainment ends up being dismissed or kind of like struck. And so the judge says that her salary is a result of Judy's resounding success of her program and that it was the result of like arm's length negotiations, which, you know, 
we use in legalese basically to say that they were fair um, mm-hmm. and that Rebel has no evidence that the negotiations were done in bad faith, basically. Right. But on the other hand, the judge also rules in Rebel's favor on the breach of contract claim, which, you know, breach of contract obviously means like you had a contract, you didn't uphold it, you mm-hmm. didn't do what you were supposed to do. And so the judge says there was likely a breach with respect to CBS's failure to consult them before launching Hotbench, which would possibly entitle them to some profits. And so basically... The judge couldn't affirmatively say that Hot Bench was or was not a spinoff of Judge Judy, but she's leaving it to a jury to review the facts. So this at least allows that part of the suit from Rebel to go to trial. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, the parties basically came to a settlement in 2020. I would assume that CBS really just wanted to avoid the litigation, given the judge was saying there could be Mm -hmm. some basis for a breach of contract claim. So they were probably like, we don't even want to deal with this. Like, just take your little fucking money and go. Right. The terms weren't disclosed publicly, so we have no idea how much got paid to Rebel, but basically that entire thing was shut down at that point in time. Right. And it doesn't mean that the merits were there, right? Just mm-hmm. It's just cheaper and quicker to get rid of it. For so, sure. Especially for like a company like CBS. They've, yeah. I'm sure they have so many lawsuits every year that they were like, this is not yeah. the hill it's that we want to die on. Exactly. So 2018, Kay and Sandy's estate, because by this point, Sandy has sadly passed away. So these and as are a the, reminder, these are the ladies that say, say they brought Judge Judy to like this entire show and exactly. packaged her together. They're the ex-People's Court producers who were out of work and wanting to find more work. They sue Judge Judy, CBS, different entities of CBS, and Big Ticket TV, again, the production company. Mm-hmm. They want some money. Yeah. Well, so I have a little shady note on these two. Okay. These two leads. Okay. So apparently they had um, been filing lawsuits against Judge Judy and her partners since 2000. So I just want to remind people that this is 2018 that we're talking about now. So that's 18 years of lawsuits. Lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of lawsuits. Mm -hmm. I give it to you. I kind of feel bad for them. I don't. But I kind of do. Maybe I'll change my mind by the end of your story. Okay. So this time they're they're saying that they actually are owed $4.75 million of the $95 million sale of that library that you were talking about that Judy sold to CBS. Mm -hmm. So that was back in 2017, right? So a year prior. And as you mentioned, you know, their claim to fame is that they discovered Judy. This is important because they're saying, we introduced you to Larry Little, the guy who ends up making you the Judge Judy. And that they're basically saying that without them, there wouldn't be a Judge Judy. Right. Okay, that's a little arrogant. That's, That's a little much for me. People love to say they discover people. Like Cardi and the Tattoo Surfer who said that she would never... Oh, that's Be that's famous fair. without yep. him. Okay, okay. Hear me out. So okay. they allege that they were promised monetary royalties. So basically money from the show for its lifetime, even if they weren't rendering producer services. Because again, remember, the show got rid of them. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Either the deal never was made or they were and they got fired from season one. But we got to say that it's not uncommon for people say. to get paid even if they aren't rendering services. Yep. It happens a lot. It's my yeah. dream job. I'd love to get paid for nothing. I mean, I get it. If you like make an idea, you why should you not get a cut? Get a cut of it, even if it's a small one. It's entertainment industry is all about connections, yeah. right? People can really make a living off of just knowing people and connecting them to the right people. It's mm-hmm. like a finder's fee. Yeah. So I feel like that's how I think of them. Like maybe it's a finder's fee. Um, and but the problem is, so this is where I kind of see why you're saying they might be scammers. They actually were never able to produce any contracts. Mm, nothing written yep shocking so all right all right so that this really sounds like an issue with their lawyer yeah and their talent agency like i think they even alleged some malpractice on his end um and allegedly they only ever had a verbal agreement with judy and actually in one of her depositions judy did recognize saying yeah we said that we would be connected with cbs but it's not judy's fault right, right? that's right. on cbs to make a deal like or not she make a sold deal. it to them so if I, yeah yeah she even said she was like i was new at the time i didn't know how all this worked my deal went through right they called me upset that their deal didn't work and i didn't know that i had any power to say no bring them along yeah um and allegedly this is this is where things get maybe a little bit shady in their favor their rep their talent rep was actually allegedly working for cbs on another project big tickets probably had no incentive to get these ladies their monies right so there might be a conflict of interest yeah but as we talked about they actually ended up settling for an undisclosed amount so that's what makes me think maybe there was some merit if Mm. if maybe they thought okay we just don't want to go to trial or there wasn't and they just want to make them go away 
Either way, they got some sort of payout. We just don't know what it was. So two settlements. All right. Two settlements down. What else we got? So this this last one. Um, In 2020, Rebel Entertainment is back again. Um, They are striking while the iron's hot. And they sue Viacom CBS because CBS has since merged with Viacom. Um, and Judge Judy this time for Ooh. $5 million. So it's not even that much. It's not that much money. CBS but and Judy? I just feel it's kind of fucked up that they're bringing Judy into this. Why are you going to bring Judy in it? I know. She's such a li- nice lady. Well, well not really, no. but it's fine. <laughs> nice so, to you, probably. So they claim breach of contract yet again. Um, they said that they were due $5 million in profits from, again, the $95 million sale of the Judge Judy Library from Judy to CBS in 2017. They saw $95 million. Everyone wants that cut. Everybody wanted it. Kay, Kay and Sandy, not even Sandy. Sandy's estate came back and then suddenly Rebels back again. Right. Everybody wants some of the, the sale money. Right. So basically they were saying that the 5% profit agreement that they mentioned in their last lawsuit would apply here as well. So they're using like a similar kind of, this right. is the basis for our arguments and our issues. They get 5% of anything and everything. Just anything in perpetuity. In perpetuity. And so they were also saying they were owed some profits from the series generally. So basically claiming that CBS was missing their payments. Again, mm-hmm. kind of similar to the first lawsuit okay and so side note rebels attorney was actually the same attorney who repped chris harrison and his exit from the bachelor franchise so i'm unsure how i feel about this attorney maybe do better nope um but anyways so importantly i think it's worth noting again that this time judy is named in the lawsuit because remember last time it was just rebel versus cbs and big Mm -hmm, ticket mm mm-hmm this time she's named, so she can actually kind of chime in about the issues and the claims. Sounds and like an entertaining time. We know that she has opinions. Right. So Judge Judy basically denies that there was ever an agreement between her and Rebel Entertainment. And she says she had only spent time with Rebel's president, Richard Lawrence, for about two hours decades ago. So she really wasn't sure how he was supposed to kind of be entitled to any of this money. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that if anyone can produce it, the agreement Mm -hmm. she'll basically eat it on tv with cream cheese on it yeah i kind of now want it to be produced because i love it feels dramatic but that's so her it's like so fitting she's so confident she could she could have just left it i don't know him there's no contract no but she called the other guy oatmeal right so that's not happening with some spice yeah that's not happening so she also basically argues that Rebel should have never even received any fees because they did actually didn't package the show and that they just repped the two women, Kay and Sandy, who did package the show. And so that basically she has no kind of ties to Rebel and they have no tie to her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really clear like how big their role was, but... Again, uh, who knows? We don't know. But that's all allegedly. Yeah, okay. I was going to give my opinions, but we'll wait. So Judy actually ends up countersuing. So she sues Rebel in turn, initially for $4 million, and then increases it to $22 million. She's trying to get her cash. She is I appreciate not it. happy. She is not here for the game. She's not happy. She does not want to eat that cream cheese. <laughs> so she's claiming unfair business practice and unjust enrichment, among other things. So she's claiming, again, like you mentioned, Rebel had no right. Apparently, they had made $22 million in packaging fees that over the years, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they purportedly put all the elements of this show together um, and points again to the fact that Rebel repped Kay and Sandy, like you said, not Judy. So how are they, what did they package, right? Because they, they repped the two producers that are not even part of the show. Right. So how did they... How are they entitled to any of this money? Yep. Um, and she did say that she was going to donate any proceeds she wanted to a cancer charity. I love that. That's real sweet. Um, Rebel responds by saying that by filing this frivolous action, Judge Judy Shinelin has shown her true colors. She is a cruel, petty, and vindictive yeah. person without an ounce of empathy, decency, or tact. Okay. Sassy. Yep. Real sassy. So Rebel argues that she has no standing to sue them because she's not a party of the contract between them and CBS and that her suit is also beyond the statute of limitations since it's essentially attacking money that they were paid way in the past, which we've talked about statute of limitations. It basically does this, right? It prevents you from bringing a suit from like 50 years ago because by that point... Not a bad argument. If they were getting paid like 20 years ago, like "Mm, maybe you should have brought that claim sooner. And I was going to say, I love Judge Judy. I'm really on her side. But here, Mm -hmm. an agency fee is paid by the studio, right? right? So CBS would have paid this. The $22 is coming out of CBS's Mm -hmm. pocket, Mm -hmm. not Judge Judy's pocket. So for her to get upset about this, I get why she'd be upset. Mm -hmm. But also, CBS is the one who decided to give him this, this fee. On the flip side, I will say, being in the industry, a lot of times 
it's a kind of equivalent to the settling to not go to court. We'll just pay people some yeah. nominal, we think nominal fee, but it could add up over time, like with a successful show like Judge Judy, right? They probably didn't realize how successful it'd be if they promised them a percentage of profits. Mm-hmm. Then they can really make a lot more money. Right. But like, we'll just pay you. You said you you package it, whatever. Here, here's here's a couple percents, and it ends up turning to millions when you have such a successful show like this. Yeah. Well, so as Alexa said, just to resummarize, so Judge Judy had sued, countersued at least Rebel, right? And so after she puts forth all of her claims, the judge responds with some serious concerns about Judy's suit, but she basically gives her like 30 days to amend her complaint, which obviously means just like go back, get your shit together, make it more clear, and then resubmit it. Mm -hmm. But the judge also says that protocol required Judy to name CBS as a defendant as well, since CBS was the one that, you, like you said, who paid the actual money to Rebel. So like technically, if you have an issue with the money being paid, Mm -hmm. you have to sue the payor, who is CBS. Right. And so in the end of March, not that long after, basically Judy declines to bring an amended complaint, and so her suit is dismissed. Allegedly, it's because of the judge saying that CBS had to be named and not because Judy actually thought that she'd lose. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it makes sense. She didn't want to name them as a defendant since she's still doing her TV show with them. Yeah, makes And sense. so it's like a relationship thing. But I think she even goes on record and says that she didn't see them as a wrongdoer, so she didn't want to sue them. Right. That makes sense. I mean, they're <laughs> you're still in bed with them. They're producing your yeah. show. That's awkward. But, uh, you know, I would think CBS get on board, but probably they agreed to it. So there's nothing there. She right. tried, though. So the court case is still underway. Seems like they have a long road ahead of them, right? Because everybody wants a cut of that library money. I mean, I also want a cut of the library money. I mean, should we do be we have a the claim? new K and Sandy? We'll help. <laughs> oh, my God. I wasn't in. Were we alive? No, we were. But we were like four. I don't know. So what do you think is going to happen? I think, based on the history, they're probably going to settle, to be honest. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I think especially because there's even more money involved in this one, since it's like based on a $100 million sale of the library. Right. I agree. They're probably going to settle. CBS doesn't want the smoke. Right. They don't want the drama. And Especially Judy, now that they're still like merging with Viacom. She's moving on to bigger and better things, which we'll get into, which I'm sure like, okay, $5 million between CBS and Judy split, yeah. and they're probably going to go a little bit lower. It's probably better. But as far as the merits... It depends on what Shaky. the contract says, right? The so, contract that they haven't even been able to turn up and produce. Yeah. I mean, so like you said, she's moving on to bigger and better things. She's basically airing her 25th and final season now, mm-hmm. um, It's it, which is crazy, right? Because each episode, each season, sorry, has about 260 episodes. Crazy. So that times 25. So many episodes. And I saw that she said that she's not even tired. She loves it. I mean, she only films two days a week, so yeah. I, too, would not be tired if I only <laughs> worked she two said days that she, a week. But she genuinely loves what she does still. Fine. After care. 25 seasons. Imagine loving something that much. I mean, it must be clear when you watch her show because she's still averaging around 8 million daily viewers. And right. the finale is set to air in July of 2021. Um, and I think all reruns are supposed mm-hmm. to be on CBS basically after the finale happens. Makes sense since they're the parent, since they're the network. Right, right. Um, and right now, she's still the highest paid personality on TV, reportedly at a $47 million. Cash money, baby. For real. This lady is my hero. Yeah. Um, but she's leaving CBS and she's getting the show on IMDb TV on Amazon. Yeah. Um, it's called Judy Justice, which I Close. feel is, I'm like, how long did it take them to come up with that? They're like, how do we remix Judge Judy, right? Justice Judy, not too close. And so they're like, Judy just bam. Somebody definitely went in a dictionary and looked for J words that like had a similar Judge kind Judy. of court feel. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. It makes me think of like the comics. It sounds like a cheesy Judy Justice. For sure. You know, saves America. Yeah, well, so in this show, she's basically going to be adjudicating new cases. Okay. Um, And allegedly, this time, she'll have full ownership of her show, which she didn't have with CBS and her original deal. So I think, like, she figured out how to sweeten the pot for herself. Which is rare, right? Studios usually retain ownership in the shows. So she's definitely a powerful lady, clearly. I don't think, I will say, I'm going to speculate, don't think she would have left CBS Mm. if she didn't have this deal lined up. So who knows how much they're paying her because I'd I'd have to believe she's going to get more than 47 million now. Well, so according to her own interview with the Wall Street Journal, um, the split with CBS apparently isn't going so well. Oh, okay. Um, Most of the issue comes from CBS buying out her ownership in the reruns, which stopped her from basically shopping the show's library elsewhere, Mm. which feels a bit weird to me because like, 
ultimately if you own them you're the one who chose to sell to sell them That's so weird. like yeah why are you mad about that i mean maybe she felt like she wasn't there wasn't enough clarity around like what the restrictions would be afterwards. I'm not really sure, but that just feels odd to me. And I'm sure she's still getting a cut of that, right? Like you, she has to be you're always, yeah. you're usually getting a cut whenever you sell things in the entertainment industry, you're still retaining something. A thousand percent. So she's going to be probably making money off of these reruns. And now she has she her sleeps. new IMDb, yep. Judy Justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the theme music's going to be. Her bailiff, probably going to be there again. It's going to be the Game of Thrones music. You okay. know, where it's like, Dang, that honors choir coming through. My husband definitely used to hate when I would sing that song in his ear. Well, okay, I would too if you're in my ear doing that. I just that. love the Game of Thrones sound, like the soundtrack. Actually, now I feel like watching that again. Great, I feel like that's very show. Judy Justice inspired. It feels too. right to me. You're she welcome. would definitely just be the Queen of Dragons. And you're welcome, Judy. Throwing everybody on fire. But anyway, um, so another, I think this is also what didn't help the relationship with CBS. So as we mentioned, she had that other court-based show, Hot Bench, that she created in 2014. They put it, CBS put it on a sister CBS station. So like one of their randos, this is, I looked it up and I was like, where does this even air? So they did this to make room for Drew, ba- the Drew Barrymore show. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> which has like lower ratings. Mm-hmm. So she thought they weren't promoting it enough or giving it a good spot. And she said they disrespected her creation and were wrong. So feel like a little bit of ego is in here about a mm-hmm. little hot mm-hmm. bench, which I got to say, Judge Judy, love you. Never heard of hot bench, but maybe mm-hmm. that's the problem. CBS hasn't been promoting it. Right. Um, and then she goes on to say that this is going to be a Bill and Mel- uh, Melinda Gates divorce. I'm not really sure what that means since their divorce is supposed to be like quite amicable since they're basically, they've already decided how they're going to split their billions. Maybe that's so. what she meant. We're all so rich that yeah. it's going to be fine. Don't worry about me. I don't know. I don't know how rich people talk or think. Well, so brief summary it. of today's drums. There's Judge Judy. She's got a super successful show. She's making a shit ton of money and mm-hmm. everybody wants some of her money and wants some of CBS's money. So all the lawsuits are against them. Yep. And then they just settle because they it's just cheaper, always settle. Cheaper to settle. Yep. So moral of the story is uh, if you know some rich people, try to wiggle your way in there, sue them, and then get settlement money. That's what I'm going to say. I would just say if you want even more money than you're going to sue for and get in a settlement, put shit in writing because then you can go all the way to court and get even more than you're getting in your little measly settlements. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to stop shaking around glass doors in New York and start getting things in writing, Nicole. Okay, we'll excuse you. So okay. anyways. Just saying we got a bigger fish to fry. Yeah. While you're fr- frying your fish, I yeah. would like to ask that all of our fans, tell your friends, tell your Judge Judy fan friends, your CBS fan friends. Mm-hmm. Your K's. Your K's and your Sandys, Sandys. about this podcast yeah. and we'll love you forever, ever. Yeah. Go tell, in perpetuity? In perpetuity. In perpetuity. You got the love from Legally Judgy. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Legally Judgy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk as much as we love the sound of our own voices. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Also, feel free to connect with us on our socials at Legally Judgy. Until next time. Bye. I'm the boss, Applesauce. Do I got stupid written all over my face? I would love to say that to people.